Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast, the only show that dares to be both on topic and usually on location. Each time we meet, we bring together a group of IT luminaries to discuss a single concept. In this episode, we're continuing our discussion of social justice and bringing IT concepts to bear. This time we're focusing on the concept of a single source of truth. Before we begin, let's meet the panelists today. I'm Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. You can find me on Twitter at sfoskett. I'm Pumla Schmidt. I'm a senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. You can find me on the Twitters as at Exchange Goddess. And I am sitting on the edge of my seat on a pillow so everybody can see me because I'm so short. Hi, my name is Josh Fidel. I am a principal solution architect at Advisex Technologies uh, with the office of the CTO. You can find me on Twitter at JCE Fidel or online on my blog at thevfidel.com. I'm Liana Dotto. I am a head geek. Yes, that's actually my job title at SolarWinds, which is neither solar nor wind. It's a software vendor that makes monitoring stuff. And you can find me on the Twitters at Liana Dotto. And you can also find me pontificating uh, at www.adottosystems.com. Hi, I'm Karen Lopez. I'm Data Chick on Twitter. You'll find me blogging at datamodel.com, and I call myself a data evangelist. In IT analytics, there's a concept of the single source of truth. Now, those of us who aren't part of this field might look at that and not quite understand what it means, but at the same time, I think most of us could say, you know, that would be really useful, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if we could go to some source and find out what the actual truth is? Because in this world of fake everything and accusations and lying and everything, wouldn't it be great if we just knew what the truth was? But let's start out by figuring out what does this term even mean in an IT context? So Karen, can you kick it off and just tell us what is a single source of truth? <laughs> so that's a really contentious question. So I'll start with the traditional definition. Um, traditionally, People want to think that there's only one version of customer information, only one source of product and item and events and transactions. And initially when IT enterprise IT started, we kind of had that. We had one database for customer on a mainframe. There wasn't data on people's desktops or phones or spreadsheets. Um, but over the years, as the technology changed, we had this you know, database drift or places where now we have multiple copies of data. And then we get to where we are now, where everyone's buying package solutions and buying external data and matching it up. Now we have customer data potentially in thousands of places in one enterprise. So there's been this pendulum swing with the technology and how we govern data to the point where everyone thinks we can go back and get a single version of the truth or a single source of the truth. And that's where we kind of are now, is a lot of people trying to put the genie back in the bottle. And it's very contentious in the data world because there are some people who actively are working towards getting back to that. And then there are other people, and I'll say I'm on this other people team, that it's too much work and that we need to mitigate the number of copies of data so we can have better, better data quality, but we'll never get back to that one place for data. And I think that I'm going to keep rolling this back to sort of the the IT world of things versus the the socio community kinds of things that that are going on. Is that 
the idea of a single source of truth, the idea that there is one place to get all the data is, I think people want it so much that they ignore the present, the absence of it in their daily work. Again, I focus on monitoring, right? And, and just as in a simple example, I know that when I get memory reported from a, a Unix or a Linux machine, that bears almost no resemblance to what I'm being told from a Windows system. Like I know that those are two very different beasts even though they have the same name. And so either in my head or even on a report, I'm going to make note of that. I'm going to say to the person reading the report or looking at the screen, this number means this thing in this context. And I think that when we talk about single source of truth, whether it is social or it is technical, that's really what we're talking about is normalizing what we can normalize, you know, taking these multiple sources of input and making the columns line up if they can. And if they can't, simply making a notation that, oh, this is actually a different thing. Right? I mean, we, we do that in our daily lives, don't we? I'm, I'm sitting here pondering this single source of truth where in the enterprise, yes, we can almost make that happen. Almost. Because there's always going to be those outliers, right? That there's, there's going to be, you know, an exception here, an exception there um, for a particular application. So we, we can, I'm going to say 95% get a single source of, source of truth from an enterprise standpoint. Socially, I'm not sure about that because we've got so many layers of government. I'm going to say, yeah, between local, state, and federal. And they have independent systems. They work in silos. How do we get those systems to talk to each other so that we can develop a single source? Like the idea of it is awesome, but I think the, the, the making it happen is probably going to take years and years and years because everyone has their own budgets, everyone has their own systems, and I doubt they can all be compatible at this point in time. Maybe 10 years from now, yeah. People, that's going to be the key here. There's going to be people that want to play in their system. Right. And I just wonder, when we talk about the social side of it, what organizations like PolitiFact or Snopes, like, are, are they not doing that? Is that not what they're doing, is trying to, again, um, take the multiple sources and correlate it in such a way that you can find a through line? Maybe that's not their job. So I'm actually I'm reminded of a quote by a fellow named E.O. Wilson. And uh, if you don't know who that is, myrmecologist, great dude great stuff to read. Look him up. Uh, but the quote is, we are drowning in information while starving for wisdom. The world henceforth will be run by synthesizers, people able to put together the right information at the right time, think critically about it, and make important choices wisely. Now, I would argue that products like Tableau or Power BI, um, you know, the presentation of the data. We may not have a single source of truth for the data, but we can get as many data points as possible, synthesize them into something that's readable, and at least have a good starting point for discussion. Can we trust that data though? Well, okay, so now we have to talk about standardizing that data and making sure we can report on that data. And then, um, you know, 
Leon, you were making a, a point about, uh, you know, how do we qualify our data? Right. Well, yeah, we've, we were talking about that we have multiple inputs and we have to make sure that the quality and the, that the signal is good. I'm actually going to kick this one over to Karen because I think that if we talk about the synthesizers, people who synthesize and present it, then we are at the mercy of either the mind or the algorithm or the mind behind the algorithm that created that synthesization. I, I don't know if that's, that's a thing or not. That's, I'm just going to call it analytics, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Use the right word for it. I don't know. I, I love inventing words. Um, but I mean, just to roll back a little bit, I mean, definitely these data visualization tools like Power BI and Tableau and all of them, they are definitely helping people understand data. They're helping people profile data to better understand it. There are all kinds of nifty scripts and algorithms to find anomalies in data. I mean, this has been really great because we can even have citizen science, data scientists doing this stuff with raw data. The hard part, the expensive part, is understanding that raw data to make sure that you're analyzing it correctly. So for instance, banks and financial transactions, there's a ton of money and time and effort spent getting to a single source of the truth for banking and financial. Our whole systems, everything would collapse if we had multiple versions of the amount of money in your bank account. Like we just couldn't do e-commerce. We couldn't do any of this stuff um, without all of this effort to make sure that the data quality is really high. There are regulations for it. There are problems when people mess with the data. You can go to jail, in theory, for messing with financial data and investment data. We don't do that with most of our data because the stakes aren't as high. So like we, we can lean now towards um, just reporting of transactions so that we can do retail analysis across retailers. All that data is completely out of sync. People do it, they make lots of exceptions and probably nobody's gonna die because of it. But if we switch over to a big societal problem right now, like COVID, we have this big problem that the data is collected in these silos, as Pumala said, and they were, it was done that way because we were literally trying to save people first and worrying about the source of data, describing it and standardizing it. Um, I think this problem of not having good data for social justice fits in that same thing. People are being harmed, people are dying, and we don't have this really good way for us as citizens to understand that data, even the underlying data. So doing analysis on it is so much harder. Uh, I, I would like to say that, you know, it, not just social justice, but, but for health and for, for this pandemic. I mean, uh, I, there was an article in Newsweek I saw that the Texas Medical Center um, is no longer going to release uh, ICU admission numbers. Well, how can we track the spread of this disease and know what's going on if we don't have the data? It seems like playing with the data is incredibly detrimental and, and not just social justice, but, but health as well. We're seeing, we're seeing states reopen based on either imperfect or even manipulated data. 
and you know I don't need to you know cast aspersions at a particular state or a particular governor or whatever it is but there's you know and not only that but people are making decisions about well it's fine to go out you know I heard on the news I saw on the whatever without understanding the data behind it um, and and that's that's a huge thing. Although I will say again, rolling it back to IT, we get that in IT. This is that we are not some society, you know, cobble of Vulcan, you know, data data only analytics that we we believe in truth and data and the whole thing. Because the number of times that I talk to a team that insists that I do what I affectionately call painting the roses green, it's I know the server's down, but it's not really down, down. It's just a little down-ish. It's just, you know, it's not really a big deal. Can we just make it look green, please, so I don't have to answer for that? Like, I get that conversation all the time, and that is false data, and maybe there's a valid reason why there's an exception, but people want to do that a lot. Yeah, manipulation of data, we have got to stop doing that. We do it in the end. <laughs> I see it. Uh, I used to see it all the time. You know, we want the numbers to look a certain way because upper management wants to see a number a certain way. And then we're doing the same thing now with these COVID numbers. We've, we really have to stop doing that and trust the data, trust science. I mean, it, it comes down to zeros and ones. Once we start messing around with, you know, the perception of data or we want it to look like this, how can, how can I make it look like this percentage or, or that percentage because I want it to look a little bit better or worse. We totally invalidated the data then once we start playing with it. Uh, I mean, that's just my opinion. We need to stop touching it and let the numbers do their thing. Yeah. When a manager draws a slope on a whiteboard and says, this is what it needs to look like. It needs to go here. You know, you're, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's the point? What is the point then if you are manipulating data to make it look a certain way? It's just like financial statements. Think about that. When, when corporations, you know, they, they mess around with their numbers for their earnings call. Like, really? Eventually, we're all going to catch on to that. And I'm just going to drop the big buzzword. I mean, this is one place where blockchain technologies can contribute to being able to trust data. If we had access to the raw data as an immutable source of data and changes to data were treated more like generally acceptable counting principles, you know, you don't overwrite data, you don't change data, you have an offsetting transaction, and there's no way to mess with that transaction without everybody knowing. I mean, this is what we should have about health data. This is what we should have with um, policing data. Um, this is one of the key cases where you are getting data from tens of thousands of sources. You can't just monitor your way out of that situation, I don't think. I think you monitor, but you also have these other technologies behind it. So I get to say that this is one of the cases where blockchain can contribute. I, I totally agree with you, Karen. Uh, in fact, you know, my prior life, I was in healthcare and our CIO was looking at blockchain for this purpose, right? Making sure that our data, the integrity of it was, was good. Like it, it, was, it wasn't compromised at any point. And we are seeing more healthcare systems look at blockchain right now. Um, I'm just gonna kind of throw this out that Microsoft's helping with that. But uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of throw it out there. But yeah, I mean, block, blockchain is a perfect example of using technology to make sure that the integrity of our data is, is, is good. I'd like to jump in here with, with uh, first, uh, actually with two things. Number one, 
um, because Josh already wowed us with his quote. So I'm gonna give you guys another great quote. Um, uh, no less an expert than Warren Buffett uh, in his annual letter to shareholders once said, spreadsheets never disappoint, which reminds me of what we were saying about the slope of lines. Um, you can always make your spreadsheet say what you want it to say. Um, another thing, though, that comes up to mind here is that we're throwing around two words as if they're synonyms, but they're really not. You've got data and you've got truth. You know, and, and so in a way, the question becomes, are we maybe being overblown as IT people by talking about a single source of truth as if it's literally the word of God, when really all we're talking about is a fact, is, a, is um, you know, and, and uh, you know, an observable fact, you know, that's not truth. That's just data. Um, and I would like to throw this to the one person that I would recommend the most on this type of question, which is uh, my friend Leon. Um, we're not talking truth here. We're talking data. Right. No, we're absolutely talking about data. And I think that when we're saying, when we're saying um, single source of truth, I think what we're also talking about is system of record. And the idea of a system of record is this is the place I go to get the information regularly. It doesn't mean it's the only place that has this information. I always recommend that organizations that are building a monitoring solution have their primary source for a particular kind of information, whether it's ping or SNMP or WMI or NetFlow or whatever it is. And I know I just said a bunch of words and whatever, but there's a place where I go for that data, but there's a secondary and sometimes even a tertiary that is my sanity check. It's not the place I go to first, but when those numbers that I get from my first place are like, that's eh, a little weird, that's when I go to my secondary tertiary to give me a validation. That's also where those siloed metrics come into play. I have a broad solution that is collecting metrics on a variety of information across the organization from storage to virtualization to cloud to everything. And I'm pulling it into a single place and, you know, uh, I won't say the buzzwordy thing about how I can look in one thing and see all the metrics that I want, but I've got that. But then when, for example, the network team says, but that that doesn't look right. They're going to go to their siloed tools and get their information and we're going to compare them. And we're going to say, oh, that's where we're off. And we're going to try to reconcile those things. So I think the same thing can be said for society is that when we're talking today about single source of truth, we're talking about where do we go first for information? And when those numbers don't look right, no, oh, by the way, critical skills are important. When they don't look like, what do we go to, to our secondary tertiary? I think that um, the truthiness of data goes all the way through that sort of, yeah, I got another buzzword in there, um, is that, you know, we have data, we have this progression, right? Data, information, knowledge, wisdom, I, I don't know what they've added to the end of that. And each one of those um, statuses or phases has a truth factor to it. Like if your raw data is off, if someone's messed with it, if it was collected incorrectly, if it was misunderstood or rules were applied to it that shouldn't have been applied to it, then the truth factor of that is way off. And, it, and when you take data and apply meaning to it and make it information, that has how you've derived that information from the data has a truth factor all the way through. And I think what we're seeing in justice systems and health systems and all of this reporting and everything is that you know, those things multiply against each other. So if your underlying data isn't truthful, 
then it just multiplies every time you do something to it. And I think it's a people problem mostly. It's not really a technology pro problem. It's a people problem because who benefits from having that truth be skewered into something, into representing something that it's not? Well, as a, um, as a weekend warrior doing home repair, I'll also say that it, it's not who benefits in the terms of, you know, ha 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 ha, I'm trying to, you know, mess with things. I'm also, it's, it's that I'm a little bit lazy. I don't want to work that hard to collect the data. And from a carpentry standpoint, if I'm off by a quarter inch on my initial measurement, it's going to be off by a foot and a half when I get 30 feet over just on that one little mistake, if I'm not careful enough. And I think that that's a lot of times where both our societal and our IT data falls apart too, is that people don't recognize the downstream consequences of not being precise enough or not being careful enough about the collection. So let's, um, you know, kind of turn this a little bit toward the, the, the real world a little bit too. So we turn this around and I, I really like what Karen was saying about, um, you know, people manipulating data and people wanting data to be different. I heard Pomola talking about that as well earlier. We are in a situation where um, it seems that we are in a battle of, of a battle of truth. And, um, you know, I don't want to say, you know, the buzzwords that are infecting social media right now, but I will say that it seems to me that there's a battle of reality almost where people are trying to say what your eyes are showing you is not the facts that's not what's really happening and again i'm not going to get into both sides ism here either because that's really not the point of this podcast but um you know back to mr buffett's quote there if if, if you can make a spreadsheet say whatever you want if you can make a data set say whatever you want or if you can say you know what um, I'm going to discount this data and I'm going to go with this data. Um, you can really manipulate reality. I mean, you know, we're Dr. Strange here. Like I'm bending space and time by saying data is different than what you think it is. It's not showing you what you see. What you see is wrong. What you see is false. The reality is this other thing. And the thing that strikes me is that sometimes statements like that are disingenuous and designed to take advantage of us and fool us and everything. But sometimes they're true. Sometimes people are trying to basically point out that we are hiding from the reality and we are not accepting the reality that we're seeing. Pumla, do you have a, a, a thought on that? So my whole, my whole thing is, like you said, if you can manipulate data from a spreadsheet, you can manipulate data from the system. So you can't trust it. If the people in charge of the systems can go in there and tinker, all, hand, all bets are off. Like that, that's what, like, you've got to be able to have these systems where there's accountability. Like Karen said, blockchain, something that says you can't play, you can't tinker because people like to tinker. We all, you know, uh, IT people, we love tinkering with stuff, especially data. And then when you get people involved, emotions involved, and cultures involved, and uh, political stuff involved, yeah, it's it's a whole mess. And you know, if we're going to do this, it's got it's got to be in a way where we can enforce it. We've got technology that says you can't mess with this, and then you can trust that data. And then the spreadsheet can't be changed to make sure that the curve goes the right way. Lock the spreadsheet up, 
and make sure the key is put away somewhere so the person that that can open the spreadsheet can't create a formula so that this curve is going the way they want it to. We've got to have those checks and balances, you know, the, the governance. I would say not just the governance, but the security as well. I mean, we need you need as many eyes as possible looking at how you collect the data, how the data is, I mean. Mm -hmm. Well, it, governance, it, governance and security together, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I wonder, it, you know, if, if we allow an organization to govern itself, how can we be sure that the organization won't corrupt that governance? Uh, and that's why we have, you know, national standards on things. We have regulations, we have laws, we have these reporting. So maybe it's time to look at, you know, how we apply those. In places uh, where, I mean, blockchain and audit are just two different ways of validating and being able to verify. So in our financial systems where they're not using blockchain or in addition to where they're using it, auditors, third party, in theory, disinterested auditors go in and go back and look at the books. And maybe we need that with health data. Maybe we need that with justice data. I don't know how that's going to work because how do we find a third party that has no vested interest in policing or health? Like everyone's got a vested interest in that. Well, and I'll also say again, pulling it back into IT, although we love to hate audits, what audits do in a lot of cases is tell us what metrics are important and in some cases fill in the blanks about why that why do you need that number oh because it rolls up to the blah blah and it helps us report the blah blah like whatever it is we can we can fill in the blanks here as far as what the reasoning is but in a lot of cases the people who are collecting the data reporting or entering the data have no idea how it's going to be used and that's why they're not careful or why they're only collecting some numbers and not others. And an audit, if nothing else, helps the organization understand how those numbers are going to be used. Because I really feel like a large percentage of our healthcare, our policing, our government information is, is bad or inaccurate because the people collecting it don't or at least didn't know how it was going to be relevant and how it was going to be used down the line. Or they have a vested interest in obscuring that data because they're incentivized upon that data. Okay, there's that too. Okay, once again, managers turning, painting the roses green. Like, yes, there are those people. I just want to keep pointing out that in many cases, it's not malice. It's just unawareness. Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's being human when I think of it, you know, systems do what we tell them to do, right? Computers, computers really don't think on their own, at least not yet, but they do what we tell them to do. And humans, we, we are humans, we have emotions. So we're going to do things based off our emotions, based off what our wants are. Computers don't have wants. They, they you know, they don't have wants, they don't have emotions. They're only doing what we tell them to do. And we do what we feel because we've got emotions. So now that we've had a bit of a conversation about this, I guess the question that comes back to us is back to the premise, which is, is there such a thing as a single source of truth in the world? Or is this only an empty IT concept? 
is this something that can truly be looked at in a broader context? And so I'll start with you, Leon. What are your thoughts to wrap up? Uh, can a single source of truth bring justice to the world? So in a final thoughtsy kind of way, I think that if we take everything that IT means when we say single source of truth, that it is really a system of record and that it's really um, the discipline to be careful about how we collect and how we normalize the data, that it is possible to have this thing that everyone can go to and trust as being a source of information, if not truth. I think it's possible, but it's going to require a lot of discipline and a lot of commitment on the part of everybody up and down the chain. I think for a single source of truth, we could be there as long as we have those checks and balances. We've got that governance, we've got that security, and we make sure that the integrity of the data is there. If we, if we can't ensure that, then no. There is no single source of truth. I disagree with the word truth because I think truth will always be subjective. Uh, you know, Leon and I could look at the same thing and, and see two completely different realities. What I don't think is subjective are facts and facts are data. And as long as that data is recorded as accurately as possible and it's not manipulated, and we have the ability to do different visualizations and different data science on those data sets if they are acceptable and trustworthy to a large number of people. Um, we can at least arrive on a consensus for truth. And, and that's why I want that single source. Wow, it's really hard going last after all those great thoughts. Um, I, I believe that, you know, I agree with Josh that this truth word, the single version of the truth is really unobtainable across all kinds of organizations and people. And I think the key here is that we want as a society, our decisions to be data driven, not data decided. And in order to have that, we have to trust the data all the way through the process. We have to understand it. We have to love it. Um, if we just realize that the system we have in place works against all that, and we start pressuring our governments, our bodies, our own companies to build up the trust in the data and the data quality in it, we can get closer to being able to make really informed decisions. That's what I want for the world. I agree, and I feel like if um, it really does come down to just a shared vision. Um, if we can all agree what we are going to consider to be the truth, if we can all agree on the outcome or the goal, if we can all agree on, on what sort of data, or at least most of us can agree on these things, then we can uh, you know, achieve something. We can achieve some truth, even in a system where people are working against us and people are working across purposes. And I think that maybe that's uh, easier to, to said than done in the real world. Um, it's certainly um, doable in the systems world. And hopefully that can be a goal for us as well. So thank you very much everyone for listening to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast. If you enjoyed this discussion, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes since that really helps our visibility. And please share this show with your friends. 
This broadcast was brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to GestaltIT.com slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.